0: From Rivers-Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, visit with Marcus Martinez, an illustrator, urban designer, and educator from Houston, Texas.
1: As a designer really early on, he goes, "If if you're thinking big, you should be drawing with your shoulder not your fingers you should have the 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 fattest marker and your shoulders should be burning if you're thinking big if you're if you're with a tiny pin on a tiny piece of paper there's a disconnect you know you're not you're thinking detail I think there's there's an element of truth in in that you know um, kind of throttling uh, the technique depending on what, what the problem might be
0: Marcus Martinez is a Houston-based illustrator whose work has reached beyond architecture into diverse areas such as design, medical technology, and urbanism. Joe and Kevin sat down with Marcus to discuss his early influences and experiences in architecture and design, his sketching process, and what excites him about his work as an illustrator. Here's Kevin, followed by Marcus.
2: Where, where are you from? Where, where'd you grow up?
1: Yeah, grew up in San Antonio. Uh, I, it, it's funny, I I go back to that city and uh, every time I, um, you know, you you leave a city, you're ready to leave sometimes, right? Especially when, you know, when, if, if you grow up there. But every time I've gone back, I, I appreciated it a, a little bit more. It's evolving uh, quite a bit. Um, cr- creatively, I feel like so much actually started there, you know. Uh, we drove around a lot visiting family all over all over town and um, the one thing that became apparent to me was uh, all these um, mechanic shops and taco stands and everything had all this like hand painted lettering um, all over the buildings Uh, there was a particular building on the corner of blanco and fredericksburg um, this big blue building and used to be san antonio ac and it had this white line work illustration of People like diagnosing the car AC. You know, had like the the machines and everything. I mean, it was huge. It was like big, twenty foot by maybe hundred foot. Wow. You know, big big yeah. kind of drawing. Yeah. And you know, and I was just like a kid in the car seat. I was like, that is so cool. You know, <laughs> I I didn't I never I didn't at that point identify what the heck graphic design was or typography or anything. But I always found myself kind of really uh, having these long looks at those moments and really being fascinated. And, like. They painted those letters are all the same size all the way across. You know, how did uh, they do it? How did they? <laughs> well, I was at goofball when we started learning, like even how to write. I remember coming home and showing my dad, like, that's the look. That that letter E is absolutely. I nailed it. <laughs> like, I mean, my dad's like, yeah, kid, great. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> it's, like, I was like, it's like if I, if I only knew what you know that typography was kind of an area of of interest. You know, but uh... there was a lot of introductions that that happened in San Antonio. I think one of the larger ones i think that introduced me to to architecture uh in a in kind of a big way was my dad taking me to around to the missions we just have kind of a, a nice evening we we go see those he talked to me about the history cuz he's like a, a deep deepest hist- history buff on a lot of things uh cool. and i just remember this time he took me to the aqueducts you know and he was showing me like, yeah, this this moved water across like three thousand acres, and you know, and like, what's three thousand acres as a kid? You know, <laughs> seems like a lot. How big is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, it it was it was really impressive to where uh, I, I kind of saw architecture, but I saw the the breadth of the, the the impact was 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 kind of big. It was a system in there, and and at that time I didn't really put together architecture and landscape, but it was speaking at that time, and I was always interested in that. So when I saw, uh, you know. A dam. I was like, "Wow, that's amazing. That holds what well, that means volume of water, makes power. That's that's the coolest thing." Um, so, I think starting to look for things started happening kind of uh, uh, really early at that time. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. So.
2: So your so your background is uh, you went to school for architecture um, for your undergraduate. Mm-hmm. Is that
1: right? Yeah. Uh, our, my undergraduate is yeah here from the University of Houston uh, with a B-Arc. When I graduated I worked for, uh, at Enrique Mariah's office for a little while in, in Barcelona. Cool. Um, for a, a very long time, I think from from third, probably third year on, following uh, Enrique Mariah's and Carmi Pino's a lot of their early work, I just I, I thought their work was, was was gorgeous, but their drawings, I was just blown away my my first day i remember you know being nervous as heck because my spanish is terrible um (laughs) you know knocking on the (laughs) door and there is this three three foot by ten foot ink on mylar of the um of the olympic archery Uh, building I mean it's just like the original drawing and if there was ever a moment that you're intimidated by a drawing it's that moment because you look really closely and it is it is almost like a machine that that Enrique drew that like these you know and you know y'all grew up you know drawing and mechanical Mm -hmm. drawing so you know that obsession of pen lifting and putting Uh it back I mean you just couldn't see where the lift was, the lift oh, was like wow. so careful and so like methodical, and even the small detail, there was like no overruns. It was just like these perfect lifts. Wow. The dashes were m- mechanical, wow. and I was just you're you're marveling at that. But I th- I think the experience at at uh, Mariah's office was uh, that that changed me forever, honestly. Mm. Where they look for ideas, how they look for ideas. Um, the intensity of looking for ideas, uh, I, I haven't stopped since. But yeah, uh, yeah, so went from there to, then came back to, to, then came to Page for the first time after Mariah's. Wow. Uh, there for about, yeah, six, seven years. And then went to MIT for uh, for architecture and urbanism, my omnia. What, what
3: led to that transition? Oh, great question.
1: Um, I think a big component was the last project I was on was uh, doing this, you know, big townships, you know, um, out in uh, the UAE and Saudi Arabia.
2: Mm.
1: And I I felt that there was something missing in in kind of my optic of of looking at at cities, you know, Mm -hmm. I think... uh, And and it's clear even teaching where we're at right now, right? We're at the University of Houston. Like we're we're really focused on the building pretty often, and you know there's just not enough time to kind of start understanding the city and urbanism. And you can hint at it as much as you can, but I I felt that gap uh, more and more uh, as I was in in, in practice. Um, So I wanted to go back and find a program where I could spend a little more time uh, looking at that. The intersection of architecture and urbanism and the program at MIT was just perfect.
2: The sketchbook that you brought, I think just even the format of this, is it kind of process things or is it kind of stream of conscious of what's around you? Where are you? Are you traveling? Are you uh, in the city or, you know, day to day or yeah
1: uh so um what you're looking at is a moleskin accordion sketchbook uh they're referred to as like the japanese uh, uh unfolding sketchbook. What you're seeing here is kind of all the above uh a little bit stream of consciousness and a little bit of of uh kind of a variety of things uh that are that are going on but a lot of the times you know it's what I'm looking for is the root of an idea not actually trying to trying to mm. show uh the actual idea so it's a little more about uh, problem-seeking than is about illustrating the result. Mm. So it's 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 kind of a, a constant search, you know, you're trying to find the right drawing, the right origin, expressing that origin, you know, in kind of a complete, or distill it down to in its complete form, and then kind of uh, move from there. So it, it is very much a process, although, you know, the when you look at a drawing, it, it almost gets judged as the final result, right. um, but the actual process is uh, often super messy. Uh, the interesting thing is, this was probably one of my last sketchbooks I did for a long time, wow. because it got, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to say it, it got so precious, you oh, know. Yeah. so I, I ended up being so careful about drawing, it actually lost its ability to be kind of stay loose. Um, it kind of slowed down the search, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's what I know. It's it's time to to shift uh, to shift media, shift speeds, go bigger. Um, there was a an artist who does the um, he's, he's more of an illustrator. He does like sketchaday.com. But one thing that that struck me uh, as a designer really early on, he goes, if you're if you're thinking big, you should be drawing with your shoulder. Not your fingers. You should have the the, the fattest marker, mm. and your shoulders should be burning if you're thinking big. He goes, if you're if you're with a tiny pen on a tiny piece of paper, there's a disconnect. You know, you're not you're thinking detail, but you're not thinking kind of bigger kind of move and trying to really get an idea out. Um, I think there's there's an element of truth in in that. You know, um, yeah. there's a little bit of um, kind of throttling uh, the technique, depending on what, what the problem might be. but
3: It's just something that's not talked about. I mean, so much when in art class you talk about techniques or different type of representation, but you don't really talk about metaphorically why. Why would you do it this way or that way? It's just, okay, now we're going to switch to charcoal. Now we're going to switch to marker. Now we're going to go back to pencil. But it's not why. Why would you choose one or the other? It's like, well, it's what you're more comfortable with. But what what could that really mean?
1: Right. Yeah. And it's it's interesting you're 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 bringing that up. Um, uh, for the the past couple of years, I've been really interested in the the early American art, the like the Precisionists, with like Charles Sheeler, um, uh, Charles Demuth, uh, some some of the early uh, Georgia O'Keeffe kind of kind of work. Charles Sheeler was amazing. Where he was both photographer and artist. He would take photos, and he'd do these charcoal drawings that were like photoreal. It was wow. just ridiculous. Wow. So You can put them one next next to next to each other, but for the precisionists, as as I understand them, it was a period where they're trying to. It was post World War One, and they're trying to find an identity in what, what we already had, what the the landscape. So um, it's that it's that medium that kind of gets chosen. It, it, it's it's another level of opportunity today yeah. that I think we have to figure out what's the right medium to locate that, that identity. Uh, even in our, uh, our studio at, at the University of Houston, I was expressing to them just a couple of weeks ago that we should draw. The ground plane better than anybody else in, in this country you know it should be that much more critical you know and it's like too often we're just saying okay it's sidewalk and here's a few trees but we've been through a lot you know yeah. so so we should find a way to kind of draw that ground plane in a way that has a, a ecological response but how does that how does it express itself how does it show not show that you you made the landscape on it but to kind of broadcast these things are important to think about and we are thinking about it we think about these things I think on every one of our
2: projects yeah you know I think it's also it's interesting like that just the notion of the ground plane it kind of gets back to okay what's the identity of the place what's really important
1: yeah um yeah in um yeah identity also in from uh what you draw first I think it becomes really uh important um and a lot of the architectural projects I I I end up drawing the context pretty heavily before I even get to the actual kind of area that we're studying. So, you know, kind of draw up and down the block. And it seems to be a strong method of, of intaking the detail and making those kind of things important and knowing it. Um, uh, in a better way than just kind of snapping a photo. I think a, a photo, unless unless I mean, there's some who are just spectacular at, at, at photography. But it's uh, not walking
3: around with your cell phone and, and just clicking the button.
1: Yeah, you know um, that that's kind of an interesting thing. You know, and in an age where we're so much in a hurry, I, I think the the one thing that is is desperately needed is is that slowness to come back. You know, that slowness doesn't mean taking your time. Slowness more mm-hmm. means um, an intensity that comes a longer look, a, you know, a, a slower look at it just like taking a film photo. You you are part of that camera, you know, adjusting the lens, you feel the weight of the camera, you know, your footing, you're just connected to that shot. When I was living in Cambridge, I had a small stint with a uh, healthcare device startup. Some some neuroscientists and basically engineers like, you know, you know uh, that were looking at this problem. They didn't know what the device looked like, how to sell it, but they knew what it could do. It was really pretty impressive. So from a, from a drop of blood, um, they could tell that if you were having uh, basically a stroke, a heart attack or, oh, wow. or what. So this had an impact with how people got um, pre-flighted at an ER. So I came in there Putting that into a sequence of kind of drawings or kind of cartoons to kind of represent urgency with the idea how do you talk about not, not it doesn't matter what the device really looked like but how does it contribute to, to time you know how does this not only appeal to like an angel investor but also to a nurse and a doctor to say this is something that we truly need or in something easy to use for for an EMT to be able to engage? So that that tends to be the area that I, I look forward to, kind of as I look ahead on my career. I the the moments that are most exciting is where I had the opportunity to jump domains, you mm-hmm. know, to be, you know, thinking about this engineering problem and the urban design problem, you know, but but through kind of the act of of drawing and be able to identify some some uh, unique moments. I, I definitely look forward to those unexpected things to happen.
3: It's always interesting, I mean, through all your stories, um, you kind of, you look at everything slightly different. Like, I can just imagine you looking at the aqueducts and your father thinking, oh, he's going to be a civil engineer. But no, (laughs) you're looking at the systems and the structure. I mean, driving past the, the air conditioning repair, it's like. Oh, he's gonna be a mechanic. No, he's just likes the <laughs> typography of the the <laughs> lettering. Same thing here, it's like you weren't interested in, in creating the object. You're interested in the marketing and telling the story of yeah. the object and, yeah. and, and what it could do instead of oh well let's put it in a in a blue box and we'll put a red a red stripe on it yeah. and some flashing lights.
1: Yeah, like it's it's, it's uh, I, I think we'll with all of our kind of work, right, it's resisting that temptation that you know, that I think we always have sometimes as a creative right i remember hearing from uh, a professor of mine undergrad was robert burrow yeah, at that time he's like he was like creativity is a resistive act you know there should be something that that you're always kind of that engages your your uh resistance you know mm-hmm. somehow so i think it is that there is the temptation to design the device the packaging because that's that's kind of the the fun stuff you know but um But if you unpack the rest of it, then you see what majorly is the most important, you know? And then, and it's probably at that point, at least not, not necessarily, um, the packaging too. Right.
3: What advice do you have for our listeners, uh, moving forward to help them really follow their path and passion? I, I think at the end of the day,
1: we need to find ways to access our creativity. For some it's drawing, for others it's, it's, it's painting, cooking, uh, or, or doing woodwork photography. Um, whatever that is, uh, it's finding a way to gauge, um, that want to do it and transform it into a need to, to turn it into something that we do uh, on a daily practice, uh, turns into how we see the world. Um, but I think one of the biggest steps is, is guarding that inner voice, you know, as you get through that process, uh, especially through your period of, of being a rookie, you know, and, and kind of learning through it. Um, I think quite often you're you're met with this voice of I'm not there yet, or I thought I'd be better by now, uh, and the the big part is acknowledging I'm doing it, I'm ha- I'm making progress, and even the way you speak about your your work uh, needs to be affirmative. It's not like I'm just drawing or I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm whittling around at woodwork. You know it's like no I'm 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 doing woodwork now. I'm I'm drawing more. I think you'll find that's that's kind of uh, a big part of that transformation is, 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 is guarding that, that kind of inner speech is, is probably the biggest deal. Um, uh, it's good to be critical, uh, but you have to be your own advocate. You have to be your own fuel, uh, as you move forward. because um, at the end of the day, we think it's about building skill that gets us there. Um, but ultimately it's about, uh, building creative confidence to move forward. And that's what gets us through, Every problem—that's what advances our skill. That's what gets us, you know, through a tough time or learn a new software or whatever that is. It's—it's mm-hmm. uh, it's building creative confidence.
2: Yeah, I like that. It's uh, really being intentional about what you're doing. There was uh, this advice that this this guy gave. It was uh, he was harping on practice makes perfect, and he said, "Like it shouldn't be practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect." And it was like this this acknowledgement that it's, it's not that you're just practicing. It's that you're intentional about what you're practicing to be better. I like
3: that. So this is really goofy, but uh, Kevin knows this. Uh, my dogs are spoiled. And <laughs> on the weekends, on Saturday and Sunday, they get an egg for breakfast. But what i've started doing is exactly that it's like okay if i have to cook why don't i enjoy this experience and and do it intentionally so instead of just cracking an egg and throwing it on the pan and doing the other stuff it's i try to i work on omelet technique and i work on cooking up, uh, perfecting my omelet one one omelet a day on for the Saturday, dogs and then i cut it in half and <laughs> chop it up and hand it to the dogs but it's like yeah if i have to go through this if i'm, if I'm gonna do this i might as well enjoy the ritual instead of it being a chore no it's it's yeah that's awesome take every opportunity even even if it's not exactly the most thankful kind of mm-hmm. audience all the time <laughs> it's like oh man that was a good one today her oh man yeah I, my temperature was off or my mixture was off or something but, hope
2: you guys still like it yeah <laughs>
3: best omelet ever
2: oh. <laughs> that's what you said last time <laughs> yeah <It's> well <laughs> exactly. they're my biggest fans Them and my mom
3: (laughs) thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us this is great oh thank you for having me this has been a a really fun time to spend awesome yeah likewise
0: for more information on marcus and his work visit marcusperspective.com a special thanks goes out to our guest marcus martinez To our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to those of you joining us for season four of the podcast. This episode was produced, written, edited, narrated, and music by Scott Barden. Visit Rivers-Barden Architects online at riversbarden.com.